You have questions, we have answers. Welcome to our Q&A episode. I'm Lynn. And I'm Giselle. And this is our baby podcast, Pornographers in the City. We are almost a year into doing this podcast. So thank you so much for your support and for tuning in. Yes. Oh my goodness gracious. That was a beautiful intro. And I love being here with you. Hi, everyone. And uh, welcome to another Q&A episode. Q&A episode. <laughs> <laughs> Hope you guys are having a great day, wherever you're listening, whenever you're listening. Um, we are almost to that year episode, and I can't believe it. Yeah, it's our 49th. And I don't know, the timing just aligns that our 50th episode next week will be our one year also marks ultrasound awareness month yes so it's just so perfect timing it's definitely been a, a crazy year a very adventurous year i've seen lynn grow uh this podcast we've seen it grow and all i've seen you guys. grow <laughs> everyone we're all growing so much can change in the whole entire year um but i'm definitely happy and excited for the future and what's to come so thank you guys who are still continuing to listen if you are someone who listened from the very beginning or if you are somebody who are who is tuning in for the very first time today thank you so much for listening and we hope you guys enjoy our podcast yes thank you and should we get started yeah today we're going to do a q a so let's start we got a bunch of questions we don't know how many we're going to get through but we're going to try to get through as many as you can and then if we can't get through them all they'll be pushed to the next Q&A in October um, but you guys gave us some great questions so here we go Lynn is a student she's almost graduated soon and I've been a sonographer for five years now so this is just a podcast about all ultrasound things so yeah here we go answering your questions so this first yes. question it said, did you ever question being a sonographer while in school? Well, Lynn, did you ever question? No. Um, if anything, the more, how can I word this? As time goes on in my program, it confirms my decision to become a sonographer. So yeah. kind of the opposite. Despite like the, the struggles or like the bumpy roads, it makes me more, want more to... Uh, become a sonographer yeah no that's actually very good um because a lot of times you feel like you know school is hard right mm -hmm. so maybe people are like oh are you ever questioning it while in school well you know some people do question it and that's okay if you do right um because like lynn i actually did not question it either i think i went through it like i had all this time to try to get into the program i'm finally in the program and now i have to do this because i'm here you know, like it's, and you go through it and you're like, okay, the more you do it every single day, you realize how much you actually like the career or you like what you're doing. And so I never really question it myself either. But if you are questioning, that's okay too. A lot of people can question and feel like, am I even doing something that I want to do? And those are things you should ask yourself while you're in school, honestly. But yeah, yes. I, and I did not. And also, it's one of those questions that you should ask yourself before you go to school so that you don't regret your decision. Because, yes. you know, that's one of my, I don't know about you, Giselle, but one of my big things, like, I don't like to regret my decision. Uh -huh. Yeah. <laughs> mm -hmm. No, yeah, that's, so that's it's, definitely smart. 
it's a big decision to make. Mm-hmm. Especially like when you're putting time, money, mm-hmm. effort. But also I think too, if you're in school and then you're thinking about it, and you don't want to do it. At least you're, you know, at that point, right? Mm-hmm. Like you don't go further on and, and spend more time on something that you realize later on that you don't want to do it anymore. But yes, you can always prevent that by doing your research beforehand. So if you are questioning, you know, take a listen to all of our episodes or watch some YouTube videos, talk to other students and then see see where you can go from there. Um, how did you first know sonography was for you? I feel like we've had this question asked. I feel like we've talked about it before. We probably talked yeah. about it before, but we also talk about it with a lot of our guests. So yes. if you guys do want to hear other guests and other sonographers, this question, Lynn actually asks all of them, why sonography, how sonography, why, what, who, all of the questions. Yes. And you can listen to all of our, our featured guests on this podcast. But for me personally, I, I just felt like after I tell everyone in radiology 100 or 101 or whatever class that was I took and... I fell in love with sonography out of all the modalities. I went to lab after finishing the classes. And when I did Venus ultrasound in lab, when I did the compressions and and I took all the pictures and I kind of knew what I was doing, that's when I knew. I had this like light bulb in my brain, like I can do this. And uh, I think it was that moment where I felt I felt like it, but it was a lot of different things. It wasn't just like that one moment. It was everything building up to that moment where I was like, okay, this is something that I feel like I can do and I want to do. And when you feel that passion, obviously you can see that from like all my videos and stuff, or like when Lynn talks about ultrasound or does her little posts, you can see that we, we really like ultrasound. So when you feel like you're in that place where you love it, I feel like that's when you'll know. I totally agree. Like everything you said, like, it's not just that one thing is everything, every little thing that accumulates to it. Mm -hmm. For me, um, the moment I knew it was the first time I found an 80 to 99% stenosis because it's everything I've learned and I'm just practicing. I was at clinical scanning and I didn't know it was stenosis. I just know that velocity is super high. I can see plaque and I know what I'm doing from what I've learned. And I heard the whistle sound. I was like, yes, <laughs> I'm in, I am in my zone. Mm-hmm. And that's how I know that sonography was for me. I like that. Yeah. See, and these are moments where you don't get it right away, right? You wouldn't have known there was a stenosis if you were just starting out or beginning this is later on and into learning things. And sometimes you don't know that ultrasound is even for you when you try to get into the program, right? We're all just trying to find something that we feel like we want to help others with. We know we want to do medical. We just don't know what, well, how do you find out if sonography is for you? You, you will have that moment. And uh, I like yours. That's cool. (laughs) I, I remember it very clearly. It's just that feeling my perceptors like, you found a stenosis. <laughs> mm-hmm. Yeah. No, and it's, I think also somebody gave you that that confidence boost because yes. I also had that confidence boost mm-hmm. when I did the Venus. Um, the person that was with me was my preceptor through clinicals and she's the one who told me like, you did it 
you did a good job. That's mm-hmm. how it goes. Like, no, no, no. She gave me a confidence boost. And when I knew I was doing that right, I was like, yes. And I just had this feeling of like, yeah, I can do this. Yeah. And that's what I felt it. <laughs> so just, just wait and be patient because that, that time will come to mm-hmm. you. Mm-hmm. Any good responses for when people try and tell you that AI will take over imaging? Well, I, I typically, you know, this conversation, do people talk to you about that thinking like AI robots might take over? Because I do with um, my patients and, and people around we talk about I it. I think I've had one or two conversations mm-hmm. and... Um, what do you usually tell them or what do you say from your perspective? From my perspective, <laughs> I said that AI lacks the human factor and this okay. uh, profession is very dependent on the sonographer and their ability to critically think and think outside the box to find that pathology or, um, what they're, or, um, what is it eliminating the pathology that they're trying to find or the, or one of those things, but you know, it lacks the human factor in trying to do what they're supposed to do or sonographers supposed to do. That's a good response. Um, I I also would say the same because what we do is something I feel like a robot cannot do. And that's, I mean, obviously I'm sure one day, not in our lifetime maybe, but I'm sure one day they'll come up with robots. But ergonomically, mm, I don't think it's there yet. And then for finding pathology, like, yeah, they could, they could probably have some kind of AI machine, you know, do some kind of scan with sound waves, right? Kind of like a CT or an X-ray. Instead of having a, a person scan, you know, with a probe and sound waves and gel, like have some machine do it. But there's absolutely no way a robot can do what we are doing. And I think eventually if that happens, it won't be in our lifetime. When people say that, honestly, the response is, you know, the lot of times they're saying it because they don't know what we do. Mm-hmm. So our response is we have to try to explain to them, but, you know, in a way where they'll understand, like, how we actually do our job. And that's why, you know, the whole conversation goes back to ultrasound is really easy. You know, anyone can do it. Or like the stereotypes of ultrasound that people just know they don't know, like it's in depth of it. Yeah. So, so it makes sense if they're like, oh, robots, right? Because obviously you can have robots do anything nowadays, mm-hmm. I feel like. But this is just one career I feel like robots can't really do yet. Yes. So, but that's in our it. lifetime, I yeah. think <laughs> we'll be here to stay for a while. I don't know. Who knows? Maybe they'll advance the technology and we tomorrow. Who knows? <laughs> How do you address schools that prioritize speed in an exam over picture quality? My lab practicals or mm-hmm. exams, uh, okay. we get timed. Okay, timed, yeah. Some instructors timed, some instructors are nicer and they help you during the exams. But I think it, I don't know, they stress about the time because that's like what you're supposed to do in right. the real in world. The world. Mm-hmm. But it also depends on where you are in your program. Like if you're, it's your first time doing lab, then they would talk about picture quality. But if it's your last quarter and you're about to graduate and finish, then they would be, they would expect high quality, but also your speed should be, you know, improved. Yeah, combined. Right. Yeah. 
Yeah. So, you know, like we say all the time is you learn over time, your skills get better with time. It takes time. Like it takes time. You're not going to know how to do a full abdomen complete exam in 30 minutes right away. I was still doing them for much longer when I was in clinicals and, you know, in an outpatient setting, you're expected to do it in less than 30 minutes versus in a hospital, you've got some more time to be able to be with that patient because they're an inpatient, they're not going anywhere, but outpatients were on scheduled times, right? So I feel like if the school is prioritizing speed over picture quality, uh, how do I address that personally? It's, you know, talking to them, seeing what it's like. Well, obviously Lynn is right. If you're in the beginning, you're still learning. So if they really are prioritizing speed first in the beginning, like that's not the right way to do it. And unfortunately, there's not much we can do to change the way a school is, is created or made. You just have to really try your best and kind of work 10 times harder to try to get the speed and the, the quality. Um, but also just know all you have to do is get through your lab, get through school, like just get through it, do whatever they are you know, telling you and do your best because at the end of the day, you're trying to pass your school. Once you get out of there, that's where you change things and you finesse things when you're out of the program. But yeah, it's definitely, I think they should really, really focus on quality of the pictures first. You're learning how to scan and then the speed will come with time. I just, I know there's people in the discord who have this issue. <laughs> so I, I know it might be someone in the discord. I don't know. But I I just say, do your best in lab and in school. Because once you're out of there, you know, you don't have to worry about it. Just do your best. When should you start studying for the SPI? Very like every month someone asks about the <laughs> SPI. Yeah. Super popular question. SPI. Well, We've talked about the SPI. Like we have episodes on the SPI. Um, if you, you haven't listened like, to it, you can just look, look it up. through. Yes. Yeah. Um, but when did you start setting? I know we probably talked about this already. When did you? We start? did. <laughs> um, to me, I think about studying for the SBI is the day I have my. So, um, if those of you are listening and don't know my program, I have SBI in two courses. It was split into uh, SBI one and SBI two. So I consider learn, studying for the SBI the day that I start learning SBI because that's how I study. I study, um, I try my best to study for long-term and not just to pass the test at that moment because mm -hmm. I want to retain the information and I know that I need to pass the SBI to continue with my program. Yeah. Um, so for me, I consider the first day of my class to be when um, I started studying for the SBI so that when taking the SBI comes, I only studied, um, I didn't cram. I just studied, um, two, three hours, I think like two, three times the week before, and then the night before of the exam. So I didn't feel stressed. Okay. If that makes sense. Yeah. Yeah. I'm not the person to what ask about, about SPI. <laughs> <laughs> so if you guys don't know my story, it took me three tries to pass the SPI. So I can really tell you when you should start studying. Just study when you feel ready to. That's my yes. opinion. And uh, also it's mostly, you know, how you know you, mm -hmm. like how you study, how you, 
how confident you are with SPI. If you're not confident, then, you know, take more time to study, get tutors, uh, there are additional resources on YouTube yes. and all that stuff. There's so much out there and there's so many people saying SPI. You guys should all like have a Zoom meeting or or a group chat or something if you're all studying for SPI. <laughs> right. Just help each other out because you're all going to eventually have to take this test. It is very difficult for many. Some people, it's not that bad because they, they understand the physics part really well. Um, but if you need help, come join our Discord. We've got lots of people in there who have passed and are willing to help you guys and answer your questions. So if you want to join that, just DM me or Lynn and we'll get you in there. If you DM me, I will <laughs> refer you to Giselle. <laughs> yeah. Who knows? Maybe some of them follow you. Yes. Okay. Next question. What's the hardest and easiest body parts to scan? <laughs> well, what about, what do you think? I'm going to start with the easiest. Okay. Oh, I love carotids. Mm -hmm. You just put the probe on the neck and then you see, <laughs> you see, see the carotid. Mm -hmm. um, that's the first thing that's, that came to my mind. That's crazy that you think carotids are the easiest though. Because like when I went to clinicals, the first thing I learned was carotids. And I thought it was really hard. <laughs> because you have to like learn how to like move the probe in such little ways and heel toe the probe. And like, it's such small movements, whereas like abdomen, you just, you have to be like all over the belly and you're like moving your hand all over the place, right? I think abdomen is the hardest. It might continue be. with my answer. Yeah. Abdomen is the hardest. Um, <laughs> yeah, I could see that. I think I it's because the neck is so superficial and right. unless you have a really fat, fat neck, yeah, I was like, the arteries are there. Like if you're yeah. doing lower extremities, arms, chest. Mm -hmm. Like with echo, like if you have a small window, mm -hmm. um, like your if you're skinny and your ribs are or those are small windows, so it's very hard to scan. Or if yes. you're heavier, yeah. it's super hard to scan for echo. Yes. Um, <laughs> and that's why I immediately thought of the neck. You want to know a funny story? I'm just gonna interject this real quick. <laughs> gas. Do you guys call gassy? Like, do you say like someone's gassy or like a patient is gassy? Like this patient is gassy? Not formally. Well, like in general, <laughs> you're like, oh, there's gas. We just say there's bowel gas. Yeah, like gas. Yeah. But just the word gas. <laughs> so I went to do an exam in the OR, like a DNC, which is, you know, to clean, um, you know, a patient yes. from a miscarriage. And I said she was really gassy, like because there was just bowel gas everywhere. Mm -hmm. And the doctor laughed and she was like, I've never heard anyone say a patient was gassy. And then in my head, I was like, patients are all gassy. Yeah. <laughs> like everyone's gassy. There are so many ultrasound exams where the patients are gassy or like the pancreas is obscured by bowel gas. Things are obscured by gas. So I was just shocked. That she said she's never heard that before. And then that just goes to show you guys how much other people know about ultrasound. But yeah, mm -hmm. I just had to throw that in there while we're talking about the hardest and easiest body parts to scan. Because gas makes it so hard to scan. It really does. And also so hard to learn. Mm -hmm. Like when I was <laughs> yeah. scanning for abdomen and my lab partner was like super, as Giselle would say, gassy, even if... <laughs> They didn't eat at all. It's like it's yeah. hard to learn normal anatomy when you can't see. Mm -hmm. Yeah, it's very frustrating. So, 
in lab, they made us not eat, right? Because you should Mm -hmm. be NPO or nothing by mouth. So no eating or drinking. And so we try to get to abdomen ultrasounds in the morning for those of you who don't know, because the gas gets in the way of, you know, seeing the liver, the kidneys, the gallbladder, and your gallbladder shrinks too, if you eat food. So it's just something that is just really funny that people don't realize that you can see gas and and gas makes it hard because sound waves, which you learn in physics, can't really travel through gas. Mm -hmm. So... You guys just got a good lesson today. Yes. Oh, I, I, I'm sorry. I have another funny story mm-hmm. um, in my abdomen lab. So last week I was scanning my, uh, I was scanning abdomen, right? And my lab partner, guess what she was doing while I was scanning her abdomen? Was she eating? Yes. <laughs> <laughs> uh, so do you see the food going through? No, I'm just kidding. I, well, at gas. the beginning I saw, and then slowly it's just everything gas and I can't <laughs> see anymore. I think yeah. it's, it's really funny to see how her stomach, um, her abdomen just, work as she was eating. Like the, yeah. the gas just slowly, you know, it's like clouds, mm-hmm. like, yeah. anything. but know. you know, it's also at, we're at the point where we're kind of done. Yeah. And, you're pretty much <laughs> done. You're like, it's okay. You can eat your Cheetos yeah. or whatever. <laughs> no. So, yeah. Gas. Yes. Gas makes Side- it hard, y'all. Sidetrack, mm-hmm. but carotids. I like carotids. You're right, though, because the the closer they are to the surface, the easier it is to scan and see. So carotids are probably one of the easier things to scan when you are pretty much trained on scanning. And hardest would probably yeah be abdomen. There's so much to scan in abdomen. Yes. So, oh, but also I think pelvics are really hard too. Don't forget about pelvics. Oh, ovaries. Oh my gosh. <laughs> yeah, those are hard. Trying, trying to find those ovaries. Mm-hmm. I was like, my eyes would be like cross-eyed. It's like, <laughs> where is where? Where's the ovaries? Sometimes we like make them up because you like, you're almost like, is that the ovary? And you might make it up, but it's gas. <laughs> <Or poop. laughs> and it's just right there. <laughs> yeah, just there. But we should do an episode on like how to tips and tricks and things on scanning. That'd be a good one. I don't think I have much tips and tricks. <laughs> I'm sure you will. <laughs> eventually I will. Yeah, eventually you right will. Now. Once you're working. Next uh, question. How can I be more confident in my scanning as a student? Practice. Mm-hmm. Practice, practice, practice. Just practice. That's all you can do. Don't ever be too confident. Just yes. say, because you you, you're always learning something. So mm-hmm. just practice, practice, practice. Yeah. That's all you can do because confidence comes with time. And if you're a student on your first day, that's not a long time. So you're not going to have confidence. Even 30 days later, you're not going to have confidence. I would think it would take weeks, almost months. Some people might not be confident even after they graduate, but it will come with time. Once you have that one exam where you're like, I did that all by myself. Mm-hmm. That's where you can start building your confidence. If you found like a cyst on a kidney, hey, you found a cyst on a kidney. Be confident about it. So just little baby steps of becoming confident. Mm -hmm. Next question is, is it possible for you guys to post a typical sample scan report? Super curious. Well, I I think every report is different, right? Depending on the facility. Mm -hmm. But it should have the same general. Yes information mm-hmm. so what's on your reports would you say so the patient information um what type of well obviously patient information 
the scenographer and the type of uh, image was it imaging mm-hmm. type of scan like 2D color Doppler and then um, and then the measurements measurements what you resolved found, yes the results honestly a report is pretty much everything that you saw and what you found and what you and some places have like things you can just fill out and write your measurements and just mm-hmm. write little things sometimes if the exam is completely normal you don't really write anything you just write exam within normal limits so those are some of the easier exams to write because there's nothing to write and really you're only reporting things that are aka like positive aka abnormal so if an exam is positive like let's say someone had a positive dvt you would say where is the dvt where is that blood clot where is it Mm -hmm. in the leg where is it in the arm is it upper mid lower is it non-occlusive? Is it occlusive? So you really are just describing on your report. Um, we don't post reports, right? That's like patient information, mm-hmm. et cetera. But I do have this YouTube video that's like how to write reports. If you want to look at that, I do talk about a few abnormal exams that I try to explain how I wrote up my reports. Um, but it's really you just describing what you see. And for Echo, I think it's different because Echo writes just the numbers and things that they found within the exam, correct? Like those have measurements and then um, and then they have like the, I guess, results of certain chambers or functions. Yeah. And then they give that to the doctor. And then for general, we just write our little paperwork and it is different wherever you go, just like mm-hmm. Lynn said. So um, it's honestly not too bad. I feel like people need to... Um, work on scanning and stuff. And then the reports will come with time because it depends on where you work and they'll teach you how to write the reports there. So Mm -hmm. don't worry about reports. It's just know your medical terminology and how to define pathology. That's, I think, the most important part. Next question is a physics question. (laughs) How to pass physics. How? Probably the shortest question and the hardest question. (laughs) Yeah. How to pass. Hmm. Study. understand it don't just memorize it yes study to understand and i want to say remember like how everything relates to each other Mm -hmm. just don't memorize this question as this so the answer is this yeah try to understand because it's it requires like some out of the box thinking too not out of the box but critically like yeah, thinking. critical thinking. And it's kind of hard also if you haven't scanned yet and you're mm-hmm. still in, in physics and you're trying to pass and you've never scanned, you've never touched a machine, you don't know how to use nebology and things like that. Um, but if you're like, if you're talking about regular physics versus ultrasound physics, just try to understand the concepts, get help, ask questions, get study buddies, 100% put all your effort into these classes. Because once you pass them, once you're done with them, that's all. You'll learn the machine and everyone will teach you how to use the machine and how physics correlates with the machine. And that's going to help you understand physics even more. But that's not going to help you in class. I feel like you really do have to study and understand what's happening. There's lots of YouTube videos on physics. Last question. How How did you you know what you wanted to specialize in? Well, you, you echo vascular. I made my decision last minute. (laughs) 
You, you switch your roozies. I switched your roozies the day before my orientation. Mm-hmm. She Just shared out. her story. Yes. Yeah, Lynn has shared her story before, but you can like summarize it. I can summarize it. <laughs> um, I applied to my program wanting to do general. And then uh, I applied early. So that was like a couple of months before my program started. I waited two months, you know, so thinking I was going to do general because that's how I know sonography, general, uh, babies. Obviously, didn't do much research. I went into my school to pick up my iPads or uniforms to prepare for orientation. And I met my friend, Christy, who was on this podcast uh, earlier in the beginning of our podcast. And she was in uh, echovascular and I wanted to be in the same track with her. So I just switched. (laughs) Switcheroo. Switcheroos. And I did not regret it since I loved it. And I, yeah, I think I would would be miserable in general. You were in general. And I mean, she still could learn general if she really wanted to, too. Yeah. Um, and, and just cross-train and do the whole thing because she's learning that in her school, or she did. It's just my um, clinicals. I would be mm-hmm. miserable. <laughs> yeah, no. And then I was just in general because that's what my program offered. It did not have echo. So it was just a general vascular program. So mine has general and vascular together. No echo. And, uh, I was just, I switched over from nursing and that's how I fell into it. I specialized in vascular right away and abdomen, like getting the registry, right? Because vascular was required at the hospital I wanted to work at and abdomen, everyone said was the easiest one, but to me, it was not the easiest one. So (laughs) did you ever regret your decision? I wish I took vascular first. I took abdomen first, did not pass. Then I took I went to the Edelman seminar and then I passed abdomen. But if I had passed abdomen first, I would have gotten the job right away. I didn't get the job because I didn't pass abdomen. So I had to wait like another six months. I took abdomen though. And then I took vascular right after abdomen and I passed vascular. And that goes to show because I understand vascular so much more than I did abdomen at the time. And uh, I wish I took vascular first. So, you know, everyone told me abdomen was the easier one, but honestly, it's whatever you want to specialize in, whatever you feel comfortable with. Someone will tell you OBGYN was easy. Uh, It might not be easy for some people and it might be easy for some people. So, you know, just do what you want to specialize in, what you really like and uh, do lots of research, just like we say for anything else. Don't do it like me and didn't do research. (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> well, you know, sometimes it just falls into place. Yes. Like it's it seems like it has for you. So I'm glad um, we got to talk today and catch up yes, and answer lots of your questions. I always love these episodes because they're <laughs> chill and we get to answer questions, talk about sonography yes. because we love talking about sonography. That's why we mm-hmm. created this podcast <laughs> and it's and like this episode is just one way for us to connect with you guys. Yeah, and I'm. I hope you guys love listening still. And obviously, our our um, we love reading your reviews. We're gonna talk about them in the next episode. We thank you guys so much for being here. Uh, we love ultrasound. Yes. We love you guys, and we appreciate you guys. So we'll see you guys in the next episode. Yes, our one year milestone. <laughs> oh, it's yeah. the anniversary. This one year. Anniversary. Well, it technically milestone. is. 
milestone, but, 50 episodes. Yes. Anniversary from anniversary. the first yes. Exciting. I can't believe that we're here. I know. So, Thank you so much, you guys, for listening. If you're listening since day one, thank you, thank you, thank you. And thank you, thank you, thank you to those who have listened <laughs> in between. Um, we love doing this with you. Yes. And we'll see you and guys we'll see in you. the next one. Bye. <laughs>